0: It's time to get strong, fit, and resilient. Welcome to the Fear Being Average podcast with your host, Brandon Rinka, where Brandon shares insights, practices, and education on leveling up how you look, feel, and perform. Say goodbye to complacency and get ready to kick the door into a new standard of living. So we got a fun episode today because this is uh, their habits, right? This is kind of like a hack of how to stay strong and fit and more so what I do because everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to have their value system, the things that really kind of build them up, um, excite them and get them going. But across the board, this is a pretty good set of habits and principles to live by that are going to keep you in this category of strong and fit, if you do it every single day, and I'm a massive advocate and believer in daily habitual routines, forming who you are, how you think, how you act, how you respond to situations, and who you actually become in life, right? Because it doesn't take, it's, you can't afford to miss days or weeks and think that whatever else that took that certain habits place isn't going to seep into your subconscious right like if you turn on the news for a week straight and you start listening to the negativity and the noise uh, and the fear mongering that's going on through these news outlets to catch your attention you're going to start thinking in a much more negative fearful scared uncertain manner compared to adjusting and navigating those habits towards listening to something that's empowering or something that uh, you know makes you think in a productive manner, you're gonna think with a little bit more creativity, a little bit more ambition, uh, a little bit more confidence. And that's the power of what you hear, what you listen to, and ultimately what you do. So, so, so important that when, when I talk about these seven things and I, that I do every single day, I'm not exaggerating. Um, I do these every single day. Yes, there are going to be certain days where one of these habits or rituals um, gets more of my time, gets more of my attention, and I obviously have hierarchies, but every single day, I do my best to nurture these. I do my best to give them my attention, um, not to go off too far on a tangent, but how I do so is I use a day planner. I, I use things to schedule uh, the the activities that are going to actually fall within The 16 hours that I'm up, right? Um, I I structure my day, schedule my day. That way, I'm not left to trying to find time to get these habits in and nurture these habits. But I make time, and that's a big difference. Finding time is well, when I have a moment of freedom, I'm gonna insert, you know, X, Y, and Z habit. We're not good at that, right? We're always distracting ourselves. We're always finding reasons not to do the A activities, right, the things that are going to move the needle the furthest, the things that are actually going to help us uh, because we want to feel busy, we want to feel like we're doing something, uh, and when we think about these big A activities that take more effort, that take more discipline, that take more attention, it's harder, right, naturally, right, for me to sit down and write 500 pages is a lot harder than for me to wipe my table down and clean that right. So I'll distract myself with B activities and C activities. And even though I'm not being, you know, a shithead and doing, you know, the bare minimum and just sitting there and watching TV, I'm doing something kind of productive. I'm still not nurturing the thing that's going to really help me in life. That's going to really kind of progress me to the stratosphere and where I, in which I want to go. So just keep that in mind. That um, you need to make time for them. You need to set your your A activities up. Um, in your schedule. You need to structure them. You need to prioritize them. That way you don't rationalize other activities, other less important activities in favor of the more important activities. So let's get into this. Number one, exercise. Um, who would have thought, right? The fitness guy, the, the gym owner, the guy that runs a, a health and fitness business, uh, and the athlete exercises every single day. Yes. Yes. Now here's the thing, when I talk to people that are consistently in the gym, they have great physiques, they, you know, they're, they're diehard gym goers. One thing we all have in common is that daily ritual of going to the gym and exercising, or not going to the gym but exercising in a different manner, like going outside or doing something aerobic or playing a sport. The thing that we notice the most when we don't go is the mental side effects. So we notice that we're more tired, uh, we're less productive, we're less creative, we're less ambitious. Uh, We have this kind of like sense of lethargy going on. Um, It just kind of, it affects our mental state, right? We're not the people that we typically are when we don't exercise and work out. Like it gives you a very fulfilling, stimulating feeling when you exercise, right? So it's more so about the mental side effects that exercise provides for people that are everyday gym goers or everyday exercisers, right? The byproduct is you can transform your body, you can alleviate and relieve chronic pain, you can speed up your metabolism, um, you can become stronger, you can actually fight um, the loss of bone density, or you can improve your bone density is a better way to say it, um, you can actually sculpt areas of your body, you can improve your posture, you can add lean muscle mass, you can uh, increase your basal metabolic rate, uh, which is the faster metabolism side of things, so you can eat more without gaining weight, so you actually can have, make it easier for weight management, uh, you can improve insulin sensitivity, um, you can do so many things for your body, and that's the byproduct of obviously going to the gym and working out in a progressive manner. But the reason we do it every single day isn't necessarily to always get an adaptation effect, meaning that I'm in there to get a result. A lot, let's just say, you know, 40% of my week can be based around me just being active, right? Me doing something that is good for my body. Maybe it's a, you know a flow session. Maybe it's more of a functional session where I'm working on Turkish get-ups. Uh, maybe it's an aerobic session where I am seeking an adaptation. But even if not let's just say I have three or four big foundational strength sessions in a week where I'm actually trying to move the needle forward. The other days if they're not adaptation focused they're still gonna nurture my body they're gonna speed up recovery. they're gonna keep me in this organized you know ecosystem of going, outside of my four walls that I live in and actually doing something productive for my body, right? Maybe it's working on mobility uh, and relieving a little bit of pain or tightness. Um, it's these important factors of everyday exercise. And this is why when I have a client, you know, we might start out with structuring two foundational workouts in a week, but every single day I try to incorporate a structured intentional focus, Right, maybe on Sunday I leave that open and I you know I leave it you know fairly open in terms of saying, hey, go outside, go for a hike, spend time with family in nature. Right? I still suggest them do something active, but it's left open. That way they have a little bit more autonomy in how they fill that free time. But every other day it might be some band work. It might be some aerobic work. It might be, uh, you know, some anaerobic um, interval training, um, some GPP, general physical preparedness work, some functional work, some strength work. But every day we're doing something. And then that's where a coach like me comes in and I help tailor that and program it in a way where we can actually work with the body's nervous system. Um, We actually help you know, recuperate the body from the hard strength training sessions and the body feels optimal. It feels great. But this is why I exercise every day. Yes, the physical, the side effects of being strong, being fit, being well conditioned, all those you know biomarkers that we talk about as well, like improving sleep, reducing stress, improving mood, um, uh, reducing cravings, huge, huge, you know, factors, right? Regulating my hormones, All that good stuff, suppressing stress hormones, um, boosting anabolic growth hormones, and that state of being. So, so important, but every single day I make sure I get out, I do something, I work on my body, I nurture my health through exercise, and again, movement is medicine, exercise is medicine. Uh, Don't think that if you go to the gym three days a week, but you don't nurture you know, eating healthy and moving your body, that you're gonna see much of anything, right? Um, Give it your all. Um, Every single day, do something that gets you in this kind of ritualized pattern of, I'm gonna go out and intentionally work my body. Some days are gonna be really good, might be a little bit of a longer session, some days might not be as good, maybe a shorter session. But again, if we get into the habit of doing something And then we actually complement that with a well designed progressive resistance training program. My God, your life is going to change, right? Number two, I eat 150 grams of protein at least every single day. Now, some strength coaches uh, will say, you know, it's healthy to, you know, throw in a randomized, not randomized, but throw in a day where you actually intermittent fast for 24 hours just for like a cell autophagy maybe it's more of a spiritual practice uh, or maybe you have a day where you know it's less structured um, so you're not obsessing over hitting your protein target and so you kind of undulate that process a little bit. but typically you want to have your protein in terms of preserving muscle mass and building muscle mass um, keeping the body satiated and keeping the body healthy, you know, from a cellular level, you want to eat a a decent amount of protein. And when I say decent, I've, you know, wrote an ebook on this. I've written an ebook on this, sorry, a lot of articles, a lot of guides on how much you can consume have produce a lot of content. Research is quite um, extensive in this realm of of consuming this much protein in order to actually build the body up and really support muscle tissue. You wanna eat around 0.6 to one grams of protein per pound of body weight. If you are obese, if you are overweight, aim for the lower amount, the 0.6, right? If you're leaner, relatively good shape, maybe 10 pounds overweight, and you got 10 pounds to lose, then you give me that higher threshold of that 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9, or even one gram per pound of body weight. The reason I say that, if you're 300 pounds, you're obese. I don't need you eating 300 grams of protein. Right? 200 would be suffice at that point. Uh, but if you're like myself, or you're in that you know relative category, um, and I'm 180 pounds, sometimes 170, depending on the season and if I'm cutting or not, I'm gonna be around 170. 180 grams of protein per day, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, but I never go below 150. And this is just something I've I've done. Honestly, I want to say since I ever got into trying to build my body up and get, you know, got into fitness, got into the, the whole field of bodybuilding and strength training and playing sport and trying to enhance your performance, when I was like 14 or 15 years old, right, I was taking, you know, protein shakes. I was eating a lot of protein, um, but obviously, when I got into around 19 years old in university stages that 's when I was really on top of making sure my protein was, was really high because that 's the most important macronutrient to build muscle mass right to you know in, improve your physique um, develop more muscle so it was critical that I got that one hundred and fifty grams of protein in at least and this is something that is so is so simple in terms of really transforming your body uh, most people that you that I run into or speak to they 're drastically under consuming this very important macronutrient. Um, It's usually the first thing I do with a lot of people after I get them to track for the first week, if I'm working with them from a nutritional sense, and we focus on, hey, let's just get more protein in the system. Let's start consuming protein on a more regular, frequent basis, and again, I don't give them a number off the bat. I just try to build the habit of them consuming more protein, and before you know it, because protein is so satiating, um, meaning... The body actually gets quite full eating protein compared to, let's just say, carbohydrates, which people can tend to eat more of. Uh, they're able to consume more car- carbohydrates. Um, and it's not all that satiating. and There are different carbohydrates that are more satiating. Carbohydrates and fiber, for example, will be more satiating than um, a very high glycemic carbohydrate that might be absorbed really quick into the system, um, thus giving you the feeling of hunger you know, an hour or two later. uh, With protein, with with healthy fats, and like I talked about, you know, fibrous carbohydrates, low glycemic carbohydrates, they're typically going to allow you to be fuller longer, which is great for weight management and controlling the cravings and and your hunger and kind of, you know, spreading that out a little bit more effectively, thus preventing you to overeat. So, Really important, again, if you're trying to build muscle mass and you're under-consuming protein, good luck, isn't gonna happen. Um, Make sure this is a priority. If you're trying to improve your body composition, i.e. burn body fat and increase muscle mass. Sorry, we got some jackass revving up his car out there. Um, And trying to actually increase muscle mass Get stronger, you know, really transform your physique. You need to prioritize protein. It is drastically important um it's all part of the bigger picture of you know having a healthy amount of calories, but protein is the number one thing you must nurture if your goal is to become strong and fit and obviously. listening to this podcast you're curious this episode in particular you're curious on what i do every day to stay strong and fit well protein's a big one so i eat at least minimum 150 grams of protein per day typically that 170 to 180 so for you one gram per pound is a great metric Um, if not 0.6 to 0.8 per pound would also be suffice number three i get outside every single day And again, yes, we live in a climate. Chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know me or know of me, so you're localized, you're Canadian. Even if you're not, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you. I have seasons, right? I have seasons that are colder, seasons that are warmer. I just got back from a walk right now. It's probably like 30 to 32 degrees Celsius outside. Um, So it's quite warm out today. I love those days. Obviously, it's easier for me to get myself off my ass and get outside when it's warm and sunny. Um, But some days it's really hot for people that they actually convince themselves not to go outside because it's too hot. I get it, guys. You're not always gonna have the perfect environment. When you do have the perfect environment, take advantage of it, right? Spend a couple hours outside if you have the freedom to do so. But even on days where it's colder, like those months from November to February, or it's rainy like those months typically from March to May, we have to adjust, like it is what it is, right? Get outside, outside is so healthy for you, right? Like vitamin D, i.e. that comes from sunshine, is now being seen as a hormone, right? Not just a an essential micronutrient to well-being, testosterone production, uh, mood, and growth factors in cellular rejuvenation, but it's like a hormone for the body, right? It has such a influence. So get outside, get sun, get fresh air. That's why it was just obscene to me when I was obviously during the, the pandemic of keeping people locked up inside. And you saw what happened. Yes, there were a lot of factors taking, you know, environments away from people that they enjoyed going, right? Um, taking the gym away from people. um, creating barriers between social connections. There was a lot, you know, removing people from work and getting them to stay inside. And you saw what happened. It was drastically, dramatically ineffective. Um, It created more harm than good. You saw the effects it had on mental well-being, on suicide, on vice dependency, alcohol, and obviously drug-oriented. You saw the increase in weight gain. People became very unhealthy very quickly with this routine of not leaving their home like just a horrible advice an absolute disaster an absolute fail so learn from that get outside every single day for people who convince themselves that well i need to be behind the desk all day long i'm telling you if you're worried that you're going to be less productive going outside for even five minutes right just getting some fresh air and coming back in if you have the affordability to go out for 10 or 15 minutes. Awesome. If you have the opportunity to go out for lunch for half an hour, do so. If you can go get away from the desk and go for a run, go outside and do some flow work, do some kettlebell swings, whatever. Take your dog for a walk. You will feel so much better when you get back into routine. Like your your body is craving the outdoors. It's craving sunshine, it's craving fresh air, it's craving the warmth, it's craving movement. So get outside. This is something I I love. The trails, Um, you know, the Japanese culture has something called nature bathing, um, which is a massive. um, I would say routine for people, but it's it's really important for them to get outside, get in nature, um, do a lot of grounding. So bare feet on the ground surface. So on. Grass and whatnot. Um, I find it incredibly soothing, very um, mind clearing, stress relieving. Uh, that's one of the, my, my favorite things to do is to go out in nature, get outside, um, get to the trails. If you don't have the opportunity or a trail close to you, not the end of the world. That's something that I love to do, something that I have, do- I have adopted. Uh, but if you don't have access to a trail or a forest nearby, go outside get sunlight walk around the block again that, that gives me just as much enjoyment um for the most part obviously i wouldn't say just as much but it gives me a ton of enjoyment and still gives me the same effects of being outside and getting me to a more productive state when i do come back okay next one i read every single day okay some days is 20 pages some days it's 40 pages some days it's a couple chapters some days it is five pages or three pages and The worst of days, probably one page, right? But every single day I read. It is incredibly important, almost essential, that you educate yourself every single day. You absorb new information, right? You become more knowledgeable. You develop your skill set, right? You actually force yourself to think differently, to learn something new, right? To become a better version of yourself, a more knowledgeable, a more experienced, a more Um, well-versed, critical thinker, right? And the only way you can do that is by learning new information or hearing information that is prevalent to a stronger, healthier, fitter, more well-rounded you, right? And the way you do that is you go to the source, you read about certain subjects from the leading experts in that field. And that's the beautiful thing. At our fingertips, we have access to the greatest minds in every field, financial, fitness, health, spiritual, you name it. We have the information to become a relative expert in that field, right? Yeah, I might not, well, I won't. I'll never get a PhD in a, in a subject that I'm not all that interested in, but I can get pretty well versed in a subject matter like finances if I were to take that seriously and educate myself on finances every single day, or real estate, or spiritual health, or mindfulness, or health and fitness, or nutrition—you get the point—or business, it's like people. I don't get when people say they're stuck. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Go read a book. People, the problem you're going through right now, someone's written about the solution. Someone's given you the answers. And guess what? This isn't university. This isn't high school. This isn't college. There's no cheating. Right, there's no you can't look at the book as you answer the question. If you have a question in life, you're allowed to open book it, you're allowed to outsource that information. You can call a friend, you can use a lifeline, you can read a book, you can listen to a podcast. There's information available. You need to have the energy and the discipline to actually act on that uncertainty. Right, you need to find where that information lies. You need to find the trusted source, right? So I recommend if you do have a subject matter you're passionate about learning about, give yourself four or five or six books from different authors to actually learn and consume that information, right? Because you don't wanna listen to one source that might have a narrative or a message that might not be all that opened. It might be a little bit more subjective than objective. So what you want to do is, well, no, they'd probably be objective, I guess, because they would have kind of a a very one-dimensional approach to their messaging, right? That happens in in the nutrition field a lot, right? You might have one individual that believes in the ketogenic diet, one individual that believes in veganism, the other person believes in a carnivore diet, and then all of a sudden you're confused and I don't know what the hell to do. It's good to learn from all these different sources, right? And then you are gonna listen to and learn from people that are a little bit more well-balanced, right? Someone that isn't saying this is the right approach across the board, but it depends. And then you can start seeing some commonalities, see maybe where some insight might lack here. What are some benefits of this? What are some cons of that? And then you get to play around with it. But the information is out there. And I know every single time, the reason I'm promoting Reading and why I do it every single day is because it gives me energy. It gives me excitement. When I learn something new, I want to apply it. When I read a financial book, I am so motivated to improve my finances. If I read a book on self management, I am incredibly aware of managing my time more effectively. If I read about health and fitness, I am way more mindful of nurturing my health and fitness. So to say that there's not a theme, there's not a a dramatic, immediate sense of self-improvement based on what you're listening to or reading is a flat out lie. There is. There's a huge transfer of hearing or listening or reading information and then wanting to apply it because you see how your life could be improved. But when you don't read right? And you leave these massive gaps for other noise, other information to seep into your subconscious, you're not going to make decisions based on that valuable information you read three months ago. The mind doesn't work that way until you read it enough until you're immersed in that subject matter or have a really good understanding of that subject matter. You're still going to fall back into poor habits and patterns and behaviors. So if you're really passionate about developing yourself in a particular field, let's just say this is a health and fitness podcast for the most part, yes, we talk about self-optimization, but relatively speaking, a ton of health and fitness advice. If you want to improve your physique, you would listen to podcasts like this and you would read books that would actually help you develop a more clear understanding on how to improve your body. And over time, you're gonna start seeing a lot of commonalities. You know, for me, there's not much left for me to be surprised on, but there's different takes, there's different perspectives, there's different insight on how you apply, how you can actually use that information, and that's what I love doing, because I like to see things from a different angle, I like to see different analogies applied, I like to see how it can actually, you know, because obviously my goals change throughout the year, so, and I like to find ways to optimize My training and my nutrition, my health and wellness, but also do the same for the clients I'm going to be working with um, and the people I intend to impact. So read every single day because if you don't, like I said, the noise that you listen to, the environments that you spend time in, and the bullshit that you read, that's going to become your thinking. And that is a very dangerous position to be in because you're going to be thinking like an idiot, you're going to be acting like somebody who is fearful and scared and uncertain, right? Instead of being someone who acts and thinks like an action taker, someone who acts and thinks with confidence because they've actually had the information to back up their decisions, okay? Next one, learn about health and fitness. This is what I do, every single day I learn about health and fitness. Now, what, I, what do I mean by that? Now, this is easy. For me to say, because this is my job, I am forced, thankfully, luckily, I chose the profession because of that, because I was so passionate about health and fitness. But every single day, I take the time out of my day to learn about health and fitness. That can come from doing research. So I write for an, an online magazine, um, I guess you call that, or an online publication, um, kind of the world's biggest publication in, in strength training, testosterone nation. And sometimes when I'm writing an article and I'm shooting content, I'm researching as well to get a little bit more information or getting references to actually back up my my points, right? Um, If not that, I am listening to fitness and health podcasts, um, which again gives me the insight on how to maybe describe or share or articulate a subject matter that I don't have the proficiency to to articulate currently, right? So it allows me to see things from different angles. Uh, It allows me to just kind of reiterate the things that I do believe in and get a greater, deeper understanding of it. Um, And for me, it will be reading publication from that same um, online publication I talked to you about, right? That's where the leading strength coaches and, and health professionals write and produce content. So for me, not only do I have the privilege of being one of those coaches to write on that, platform but there's a ton of great resources that I love learning about and it's from everything from supplementation to strength training to metabolic conditioning to health and wellness to physique development you name it right Um, but a fantastic resource for me right so and then I have books that I'll I'll jump into, whether it's based on you know physical resiliency, whether it's based on nutrition or or power eating or, or developing you know strength and conditioning protocols, whatever. Right? I just love learning about this stuff, and this is my career. Uh, my job relies on me knowing how to program for people and, and get them great results. And like I said, I chose the profession because I love doing that. So I get that. Uh, I, I get the privilege. Of learning about health and fitness and basically getting paid to do so because I get to share that information with people and it makes me more valuable and develops my skill set. But the reason I recommend that to you, and that was my initial reason for creating the Facebook community that I created, which was called um, the Strength Squad, was to give people just a little bit of a of like a snippet, right? of health and fitness advice every single day. Maybe it was an open question, uh, maybe it was a, it was an advice, it was an article, it was a video, but I wanted people daily to engage in the topic of health and fitness just so it was top of mind. Cuz like I talked about with the whole reading thing, when you stop talking about health and fitness, you fall back into old patterns and old behaviors that and unfortunately, you know, 80% of the population you doesn't nurture their health and fitness uh, very well, right? They they typically eat in a manner that's not very healthy, act in a manner that's not very healthy, and live in a manner that's not very healthy. So for me, it's about you know creating this conversation daily, you know discussing principles and different ways of of optimizing our health, our fitness, our performance, our feel, all that stuff, right? Uh, ultimately, living better lives, right? And the way you do that is by constantly dropping a little bit of knowledge and learning, right, and asking questions. So for me, it's so important to learn about health and fitness daily. And again, it doesn't have to be anything big. I know the majority of you listen to this say it's not practical to listen to health and fitness every single day. I'm not passionate about it, Brandon. You are. You're getting paid to do so. This is your career. I get that. That's why this one, I'm, I'm not pushing down your throat to do, but I am recommending it. And these are the seven things I do every day to stay strong and fit. And I know if you were to do the same, and I even I got Mel onto listening to one podcast I listened to, Mind Pump, which is the biggest fitness podcast in the world, very entertaining, incredibly informative. And now for her to listen to it every single day, and she's getting more information from it. She's Starting to apply a lot of the tools and the practices um, and the habits that they preach on their show and they're very um, they're very pragmatic they're very you know intellectual when it comes to this space from a, a psychological standpoint but also also you know a longevity standpoint and, and it's great to see that right and I can see that she's she's even more into it and she 's already in the top one percent of people who nurtures their health and fitness like she's she's incredibly Um, informative and very aware of what she she takes in Um, and now it's even more so by her just adding in this resource of learning more about this process and it's great to see so and i know how valuable it would be to the everyday person in the general population if they were to just hear one thing and you see it right when someone comes across an article about this nutritional supplementation all of a sudden they're they're thinking about it, right? They're doing maybe a little bit of their own research on it. Now imagine if every single day you were, get, you were to get a little bit of information on how a certain tool or practice or supplement or whatever um, habit would actually improve your life and it would actually give you greater longevity, greater health span, greater strength, more energy. It'd be very exciting, be very motivating um, and you would be a lot more, A lot more engaged in the process of improving your health and fitness. And that's just, you know, hands down, no debate about it. So, something I definitely recommend people try to introduce into their daily life is, you know, find a podcast. Find uh, a publication, uh, a good publication, you know, not Shape Magazine or some bullshit that's going to tell you, you know, five great exercises to tone your ass and it's just some bullshit jump squats or something like that. No, like real publications, real articles, real fitness professionals. Instagram is great for that. Unfortunately, the only caveat to that is chances are if you go on and you learn something cool, you're probably going to get five or ten minutes of bullshit that you don't need, right, from fitness influencers or people in general just content that does, does nothing good for you so that's the only caveat with instagram uh, compared to publications where on if you go to a publication and you're reading an article um you're going to consume health and fitness advice instagram you know you can't categorize it where all you're going to see is something that you want to see there's gonna be a lot of stuff that you don't want to see this is gonna you know seep into your feed and before you know it you're scrolling looking at um, two people arguing about something that uh, You don't care about, right? Um, Number six, last one here. What I do, I did I say seven things? Well, you know what? We're gonna have a seven. Number six, nurture my passion and calling, right? Every single day, I take the time to nurture my passion in life. Um, My passion is is business, it's fitness, it's health. Um, There's a lot of things I want to do in this space. Obviously, this year I'm opening up a gym, we are five days out. Um, which is really exciting. Our grand opening is this Saturday, July 30th, 2022. Um, but every year I have something I'm working on. Like this year I've done, I, I've had my hands full of a lot of stuff, right? I, before the 2022 year, I, I obviously launched um, the Strength Squad on Facebook and that, I was passionate about doing that. And then I got into creating the SFR training system, which is still going strong and, and only going to grow Uh, More and more from it more programs more individuals and and more awareness behind it Then we have the gym and I have you know, I have a lot of different ideas I'm an idea guy. I like the idea of of a building upon what I'm doing Um, And I nurture that passion, right? Like I said, I I read so I have a a greater skill set I have a greater understanding of how I can help people um, Where I can help people and and every single day I, I know this is my calling My calling is to motivate to inspire to teach to educate to impact um, in this space, I know I'm very disciplined. I'm very structured. Uh, I have a certain mentality that was kind of bred for this, and, and that's my calling. That's something that I'm very passionate about, very excited about. You don't have to convince me to do it. So every single day, I nurture that in some way, some fashion, some form. Uh, I show up, and and maybe that is writing a blog. Maybe that is writing an ebook. Maybe that is you know writing a program for a future SFR Strong Fit Resilient Training System program. Uh, maybe it is doing something to build the business, to get new clientele, to uh, impact a company in a positive manner, to, to help help my own health and fitness, to you know, become more more creative in my own training. So whatever your passion is, Nurture it, right? And that doesn't mean it has to be something that you is your career or that you make money on. It can be something that excites you, that gives you a lot of fulfillment, um, gives you a lot of purpose, um, gives you a lot of happiness. But nurture it. Like, don't go through your days, um, especially if a passion is really calling to you, and ignore it, right? You don't want to go into that habit, like we talked about with exercise, and and think that you're going to nurture your passion you know, two days a week, then it's going to grow into something. Like, no, it's not going to grow into something. If you want to grow into something, you need to put time into it daily. You need to, and again, it can be as little as five to 15 minutes, or it can be as long as two to four hours if you have a lot of time on a weekend, right? But you get my point. If something matters to you, and if something gives you a lot of fulfillment, and it's something that you value, nurture it, right? If you're going to work, and doing something to make money and to, to feed your family and have a quality of life that you like, fantastic. But if there's something else that's calling to you, don't push that to the wayside because at the end of the day, those things matter. Those things are what makes make you feel very full, they make you feel balanced, they make you feel excited for life, and it makes you feel like you have a, a greater calling than just going to your job and making money and, supporting your family and those are all great things right those are things we have to do Uh, but at the same time i encourage you to do something every single day to actually nurture your passion and your true calling in life you happen to do that for a career awesome fantastic double down on it uh, and obviously find balance last one here 80 20 um rule i talk about very frequently but the last thing i do every single day to stay strong and fit is I eat whole foods 80% of the time. I don't have days where it's reverse, where I eat whole foods 20% of the time and 80% of that day, I eat like shit. Like, I just don't do that. Again, I'm a big believer in structure, in schedule, in routine, and, and my, your body adapts to it, right? If your body got only was only fed rice and chicken every single day and like one meal of it, so let's just say it was like, 400 calories or 500 calories. And let's just put some olive oil in that to give you some healthy fats, just to make sure we have, uh, you're going to live, your body would adapt to it, you would notice yourself and your hormones would adjust to that type of feeding window, right? So you would be less hungry, your metabolism will slow down. And you get my point, right? Like the body adapts to it. So the body adapts to when you eat, healthy 80% of the time and you eat whole foods 80% of the time, when you do have these intermittent periods of eating unhealthy or eating crappy foods or eating outside the way that your body would thrive on, it's going to tell you. It's going to be a louder signal than if you were to eat crappy 80% of the time. Like, your body would adjust to it. Your gut would adjust to this shitty way of eating, and you wouldn't even notice that you feel like shit because that's how you always feel. But when you feel good 80% of the time, you really notice when you eat something and it doesn't work with your system. And when it doesn't work with your system, you're less prone to do that again. So this 80-20 rule of eating well 80% of the time, when I say well, eating in a manner that promotes longevity, that promotes health span, that promotes you being a more productive version of yourself, a healthier vision version of yourself, a stronger version of yourself, uh, a more fit, well conditioned, happier, fulfilled version of yourself. And there's certain foods that we know are gonna nurture that behavior, right? It's those foods that are whole ingredients, typically one ingredient foods. Those are the foods that you want to go towards. And for me, it's just I, that the the life I wanna live, I wanna be productive, I wanna nurture my passions, I wanna to, to get outside, I wanna eat my protein, I wanna exercise every single day. If I didn't eat good foods eighty percent of the time, all those other things would be negatively affected. So it's it's kind of a no brainer that I'm going to nurture eating foods, good foods, sorry, eighty percent of the time. Like it's a no-brainer, like this is gonna help me, it's going to assist me in every other goal I have in my life, and it's gonna make me feel good, right? At the end of the day, I want to go to bed and not have gut issues. I wanna to go to bed and fall asleep relatively quickly, within the first five minutes. I wanna to go to sleep and stay asleep. I don't want to have my hormones all over the place. I wanna to go to the gym and have a healthy response to what I'm doing in the gym i.e. I want my body to adapt in a favorable manner. I wanna get stronger, I wanna see the numbers go up, I wanna see my body composition uh, uh, improve, and that's not gonna happen if I don't eat the way of 80% of the time healthy eating, right? So for me, this not only nurtures you know my physical body, it nurtures my mind, right? And those are two very connected parts of the body, right? The mind-body connection, very, very real. Um, it's something that we should put way more attention on to and, and really see it for what it is. Um, but that's something I do every single day. I don't go, I don't stray away from that. Yes, I'll have times within the day where I, like I said, that maybe that 20%. Typically, it's about 90 to 5% of the day. Uh if not 100 percent of the day, I'm eating you know, healthy across the board. But there's certain days where it will be you know, ten percent, you know, or or fifteen or twenty percent. Um, not all that healthy, but typically speaking, I don't crave those foods because I eat healthy so often, so frequently, um, and that I don't stray away from that. I don't crave the crappy food because, like I said, I don't want to feel, um, shitty. Right, I want to feel good. I want to feel optimal. Uh, I want to thrive in my day. I have a lot to do. I I have. Uh, I'm a man on a mission, and I need the proper fueling to get shit done. So there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A little inside scoop on what I do every single day, the seven things I do every single day to stay strong and fit. Hopefully, you can apply some of these practices, some of these tools into your life, if not all of them over the course of the next few months, and you kind of develop this really healthy behavioral schedule that is going to allow you to accomplish your greatest desires your biggest goals and have you living your best life so thanks guys feel free to share this podcast like always and don't forget this saturday july 22nd if you happen to listen to this podcast prior why did i say july 22nd july 30th sorry we open up br365 strength lab grand opening check it out all the information is on, on my social media at BrandonRenka365 or BR365 Strength Lab uh, 9 to 12. We will be there to check out the gym. We Hopefully, will see you there. Uh, and be sure to share this podcast to affect more positive change in the lives of people that you love.